Ignition sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Liftoff. All right, people. Welcome into Take It to the Tips. I am your co-host, Matt, along with Jeff, as always. What up, Jeff? What's going on, Matt? Chilling, chilling. Um, so what's going on, man? Anything anything new over the past week? No. Uh, outside of work, I can't really leave the house. Um, otherwise, I get shamed by my wife. So <laughs> I, no, no, I have not been leaving the house. Hopefully, I get out on the course the last or in the next few weeks. Have you been out at all? Yeah, I played last week when... Was it real windy by you like last week? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I was out. I was out like that day. Okay. And, uh, playing in the wind isn't a joke. Like I've never played in like real wind before. Yeah. And I didn't play. Like I just couldn't control my distance at all. And yeah. I basically just bogeyed every hole. It was tough. You ever play Tiger Woods and you're like, okay, I'll take an extra club. Yeah. Well, if you're playing in serious wind in real life, you got to take like two or three extra clubs. It's yeah. crazy. It's yeah. I, I never did it before. And, uh, it's not great, but it was an okay time. Yeah. I'd rather putt in perfect weather. Or I'd rather play in perfect weather. Yeah, obviously. Speaking, but speaking of in, perfect in weather, North. I'm going to Florida next week. So uh, we will be off next week. So there's that uh, as I go and golf for a week, which is going to be sick. Where are you going in Florida? So my one buddy lives over around like Tampa. And mm-hmm. then, so we're starting there and then going over to Orlando. Nice. How, how many rounds do you have planned for that? Five or six. Oh, wow. Okay. So we'll hear all about that then. That's what oh, next week's, yeah. that's what next week's podcast episode is going to be about then. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Uh, all, right. all right. So get into this week. So we did the elbow last week, broke down tennis elbow, golfer's elbow. We're going to do another injury topic the next episode which won't be for two weeks but this Mm -hmm. week we'll be looking at speed training so hot topic mostly because of bryson um so what is it is it like a fad or something that's going to stay around but i mean realistically you think about it it's probably been around really since i'd say really the early 2000s when tiger kind of changed golf and made it more about fitness and strength and stuff like that before that, it was a lot of the classic kind of swing where it'd be mostly just rhythm. People weren't going crazy to try and nuke the ball. Um, but I'd say like early 2000s when speed really got started and then Bryson kind of kicked it up a notch. At least when it was formalized. You yeah. know, I think before that, everybody's thinking, you know, how can I hit the ball further? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's speed. But yeah, it was probably formalized right when, right when Tiger started making it a thing. And then obviously Bryson, Bryson hyped it up. So mm-hmm. We're at the, uh, the new age golf right now where speed is everything. Um, and we're going to, you know, we're going to talk to everybody about pumping the brakes a little bit, making sure you do it safely. So yeah. not that we poo poo speed training or anything, but uh, do it safely. With yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think also what has brought it more to the forefront is all the kind of technology that you have now. So like TrackMan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought a launch monitor myself and it, I could totally see how it's super addicting. And mm-hmm. like when you watch those Bryson videos and he's just like swinging as hard as you can, trying to look at those swing speeds, you look at it after every swing, you're like, all right, I got like 110 miles an hour on that one. It's mm-hmm. going to be 115. 
which I've never gotten, but at least sick. But I also what have you what have you topped out at? Uh, I topped out with my driver at like 106. Which see, but you know that answer. You know, I don't know that answer because yeah. I don't have one of those. But the second sure. you invest in one of those, you that's the number you know. Exactly. You yeah. know, you you tell everybody, well, I, I swung at a 105. Yeah. Miles per hour. Yep. So it's it's interesting with the increase in technology and, and how the game is shifting, but uh, it's got to be talked about. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely addicting, but it's got to dive in and make sure make sure everybody does it <laughs> does it safely. So right. Yeah. And looking at Bryson specifically, like he's he gets the main all the buzz recently but personally i don't think he's done anything that's like super crazy i'm not trying to be like a hater on bryson or anything but you think he gained all this weight over quarantine he gained like 50 pounds over nine months that's Mm -hmm. like a pound a week basically i think we all did that over quarantine didn't we (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly just just mine's a little different than his yes exactly and so like a pound a week which is a very realistic goal Uh, and he has all the time in the world doesn't have any like family commitments no wife no kids no nothing like that unlike some people you know Um, he's got it figured out he's really got it figured out (laughs) exactly and his job is to play golf so like why is everybody freaking out when he's he has nothing else to do and he just gets big he doesn't get that big but like like i'm saying i'm not trying to hate on bryson but i don't think it's that impressive sure yeah i mean there's some of us that are impressed but um yeah i i don't know why it took so long for somebody like him to do it quite honestly i guess it took quarantine for somebody to really dedicate themselves to it but this this has been years in the making um he's just the first guy to actually do it and, and now it's getting talked about yes and then so looking at him as a specific example so he has all this crazy speed now he hits it bombs it miles um, he's increased his strength, his mass to really allow his body to increase that speed and power. And that's kind of the key takeaway is that he built up his body to allow it to be able to do those things. He didn't just go out one day and be like, or he might've said like, I'm just going to really increase my speed, but he, mm-hmm. he has all of these people around him. He has swing coaches, uh, physios, um, I just call this physios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever done that in my life, but um, he has these, <laughs> yeah, he has all these people around him that are going to give him these programs that allow his body to do what needs to be done to safely and effectively get to that point. Everybody worries about him getting injured in the long term, but getting to that point, he's been fine thus far. So that's what we want to get into. Like you're saying, we want to make sure that everybody does it safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are definitely like prerequisites to allow people to do speed training safely. And so short-term, if you want to immediately kind of increase your speed, there's data that says you could just do a dynamic warm up and just do kind of explosive movements like squats and jump around before you're round. And you're going to immediately increase your speed by like five miles an hour, like immediately. But what are you going to say? Uh, yeah, but that's a, I think you were going to lead into this, but that's a big difference from actual formal speed training. Yes. So a dynamic warm up is everything that people should have been doing for years and what the professionals have been doing for years. Yep. Um, you know, but the, the Joe Schmoes out there are still stretching their hamstrings. So yeah, you can gain five miles per hour by doing a proper warm up, but that's nothing that's new. It's just, that's what's 
we're, you know, the Joe Schmoes are starting to realize, or hopefully yep. should realize that that's what we should be doing. And I'm sure people hear that. They're like, what? I can gain five <laughs> miles an hour immediately. Like, yes, you why can. Wouldn't like you? the data shows why that. Wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah exactly. why wouldn't you? But nobody really does that. They show up hungover, uh, don't hit any range balls, don't really do a warm up. step on the first tee, knock one into the woods, get a breakfast ball, and they're on their way. So maybe speak, that, for <laughs> speak for yourself yourself. <laughs> yeah maybe hearing that will uh help people potentially get in a nice warm-up and just help out their game but that's right. all short term that's nothing that's going to help you long term mm-hmm. long term you need a base your body needs a base to get into these power movements and speed movements so you need strength mobility stability in the core your hips your chest your back your shoulders legs whatever you need a base that can handle this new load that you're going to put on it um, and act, like I said, as a base for this springboard that is eventually speed training. Um, so looking, going back to Bryson again, he, he said something that's like people sound crazy. I think it sounds kind of crazy because you're not really doing this. Like he said, he wants to reset his central nervous system. Did Jeremy ever say that? What's up? He said he wants to reset his nervous system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sounds kind of crazy. Like he doesn't really reset it, but through building this base, he kind of just increases his floor. So for example, if he was swinging hundred miles an hour now, and he can get up to 105, he bumps up that base a little bit. And now he's starting at 105 miles an hour and swinging 110. So just, Resetting a CNS sounds crazy, but it's really just raising his floor on his speed. And he's doing that through building up a base um, that allows him to swing faster. Right. I, I think um, the way he says it is, is somewhat correct. You know, it's, it's really just a neurological primer. You're basically getting those neurological synapses, those, the, the areas between your nervous system and your muscles prepared to be doing some harder swinging. So it's basically, you're starting to speed up those responses to get your muscles to respond faster. It's not that you're getting any quick strength gains, power gains, mobility gains. It's that you're basically preparing your body for what it's about to, what, what's about to happen. You know, Olympic athletes do it all the time when they're about to run sprints, you basically prime those muscles up and get them ready. It's not that again, he's, he's not gaining any strength in five minutes or 10 minutes. He's just getting his body ready. It's everything that, you know, we should be taking notes from that. It's not that that's a bad thing for you to be doing. It's, it's proper. It's just when you take it further and start to integrate some of these, you know, you hear the speed sticks, for example, that's just one of the products out there that um, TPI is, is a partner with speed stick. Um, that's just one of the tools that you can use to specifically work on speed training. Again, that's not a bad thing for you to use, utilize, but um, if your body's not ready for it, you're constantly swinging that speed stick that it's basically like a two pound or three pound or four pound stick that you're swinging. You could hurt yourself because it's, it's the same as throwers throwing weighted balls. You know, your body shouldn't be throwing a one pound ball, let alone a four pound ball, just based on the stress that's that you're placing on your body. So if your body's not ready for it, then you could put yourself at, at potential areas of, of injury. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So getting into the injury risk a little bit before we go into how it can really be done safely. So Mm -hmm. what if the body isn't ready for it? Like for me, what I think is 
so we talked about how the whole swing is just, it works as a chain. And if there's something wrong in that chain, um, there's going to be kink somewhere that's, it's going to break down based on whether there's poor swing mechanics. If you load it up too fast, uh, if you do too much, something's going to break down. And what most of the time, and you can kind of speak more about this a little bit. If I was going to guess what's going to break down first, it's probably going to be the back when we're doing this. Based, based on the numbers, yeah. yeah. Based on the numbers, for sure. Um, and that's really what, what the numbers show us is that people's low backs typically hurt. You know, in the general population, speaking non-golfers, up to 80% of people are going to expect experience low back pain at some point. And I would expect that to be similar in golfers. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's what's your weakest link? A lot of people's weakest link is their low back. So if you start some of the speed training, you're just working on getting that 105, 110 miles per hour swing, then you're probably going to be exacerbating some of those issues that you have in your swing. You know, we talk at TPI that people have these swing characteristics. The number one in low back being um, what's called reverse spine angle. It's, it basically means you're starting to side bend during your backswing and com compressing um, the side of your back as well as the follow through. And that's the number one characteristic that we see in people that have low back pain. We're going to talk about that more during the next show. Mm -hmm. But if you start doing speed training, you're going to start, you know, exaggerating how much stress you're putting on that, that low back during your side bending. So if you've got some issue in your swing, you're just going to exaggerate it with, with that speed training. Yeah, absolutely. And you don't even have to have anything exactly wrong with your back at the moment, but just mm -hmm. looking at the data, like you said, what's most likely to happen, it's most likely going to be your back that breaks down first, just because, uh, kind of the torsional stress that puts on it. And it's just a part of the entire swing, um, from the takeaway right through to the follow through. So mm -hmm. if you're not doing stuff correctly, if you load it up too fast, like we talked about, if you integrate this improperly, then you're going to have problems and more than likely uh, going to be starting in your back. So how can this be done safely? And this is where I think us as physical therapists, whether we are TPI certified clinicians or not, I think us as physical or physiotherapists <laughs> uh, can, re can really help you out just because I don't think there's any other kind of profession or clinician that really has that well-rounded tool set to do what we do, whether it be prevent injury, work on rehab, and then also improve performance through like tailored fitness training. Like we get, we get it from the prevention standpoint of how to not allow this to happen. We get it from the rehab standpoint of helping you through these injuries that might happen. And then we also have the skill set to improve your performance and make sure this doesn't happen again. So, um, typically you're not going to get other clinicians that are that hands-on with you. And I think we just have like a perfect tool set to really make sure people are doing things properly and then keep them uh, safe and playing well for a long, long time. As a physical therapist, I can unbiasedly say that yes, physical therapists are the best person to see for movement issues. So yes, I, I would agree with you. <laughs> so sure. yeah, how can we, how can we do it safely? Um, you know, I really believe that speed training when used properly can be beneficial for the golfer. However, it's not a one size fits all issue. You, you can't just say, okay, I'm going to pick speed training, go after it because that's when you're going to expose yourself to, to potential risk. 
you've got to use it as an adjunct to do all that strength, mobility, power training that we had discussed uh, previously and use it with that. Otherwise, you, yeah, you're going to probably end up hurting yourself, especially if you do it every single day. You know, we've seen that an increase in swings per season is concurrently, you know, linked with how much people are at risk of hurting themselves. So same thing with the speed training. You might not equate it to swinging an actual golf club out on the course, but um, that counts as your swings per year. And you're going to, you're going to increase your risk of injury if, if you're doing only that instead of your strength training, mobility training. Interesting. Honestly, I wasn't even aware of like the swings per year um, adding up like that. Do you mm-hmm. have like data on it or like, do you know more about that or just generally you've seen it before? TPI's got some information on it. They specifically mentioned 12,000 swings per year, um, which I guess for some golfers is a hundred rounds. Some other golfers, it's a thousand rounds, (laughs) (laughs) Um, depending on how good of a golfer you are. But yeah, they they mentioned 12,000 swings uh, a year. If I get to a point where I'm swinging 12,000 times a year, then I'll be a happy guy because that means I'm golfing that often. But um, again, it's, it's compounded by, incorrect swing mechanics the weekend warrior who's sitting at their desk 40 hours a week and then gets up and and golfs three rounds in a weekend um so there's certainly things that can contribute to that twelve thousand swings per year yeah and just talking about like things per year like that just brings me back to like fantasy football and just thinking Mm -hmm. about like running back carries and they're just gonna break down but whole nother sport good times looking forward to that Speaking of which, did you see that video of uh, of Derrick Henry doing the push-ups? I I did. I thought you were going to say that you won uh, two years in a row, but I shouldn't have. No, you did. (laughs) You did that for me. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But no, I did see that video, and it was wild. What do you have? Like chains around his neck. He's using a band, doing push-ups like between uh, a weight rack, and then he had his his feet on like a stability ball. Stability ball. Yeah. 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 Yeah, he's a crazy man. Honestly, I want to try that out. I've seen people try it out on Twitter, um, but I don't have the equipment to do that. So We set up just a TheraBand at my clinic mm-hmm. uh, this week. Yeah. And just doing the TheraBand without you know, using the stability ball is just incredible. Yeah, you need so, like, crazy shoulder stability to do that. Yeah, so. I mean, you've seen the guy stiff arm people, so it makes sense. Oh, I've seen you him know? like murder people and <laughs> leave them dead in the ground on the field. So <laughs> Big man. Right. He's a- this is not... <laughs> This is not a fantasy football podcast. No, it's not, is it no, it's not. When a- we see Bryson doing that, then we'll talk a little bit more yes, about it. Absolutely. Um, so getting back to what we were talking about, about <laughs> speed training, doing it properly. So like Jeff was saying, you can't just go out and decide I'm going to do speed training. I'm only going to do speed training and focus on that. You need to develop a program that works. So your goal could be speed training, but you need to develop a program that works specifically towards that goal and is well-rounded and works in everything that you need. So you can't just do speed. You can't just do strength. Um, you can't just, even if speed wasn't your goal, you can't just do strength. You can't just do endurance activity because all of those things in isolation, they're not representative of the golf swing. So you need obviously a strength component. You need a power component, a speed, a mobility component. Um, but you likely cannot, in my opinion, at least, I don't think you can work on the speed and really the power without having a mobility and a strength component first. Right. And there's going to be people out there listening right now that are like, what idiot would just swing a speed stick a thousand times a day? 
But as a physical therapist, we see people all the time that come in. I have people that come in and say, you know, I wanted to start running. So I started running five to seven miles a day. And it's like, how are you doing that without any strength training? Or you hear just regular runners. They don't supplement or complement their running with strength training. Um, so it's not crazy to think that there's people out there that are doing these things. Mm -hmm. They do it all the time. And that's, those are the people that we're seeing. Um, and it's hard for me to hold a straight face and say, what were you thinking? But they were, they're, they're doing it. So, um, you know, if you're doing it, if you're thinking about doing it, just, just take a, take a step back and say, yeah, I can do it, but you've got to do other things to, to make sure you're doing it safely. Otherwise you're going to find us with, you're going to find yourself at a PT. Yeah. And I would say like, we can, and people can think of like, who would do that? Like you said, but would you not say probably the majority of people that you're seeing in a clinic, if they're not like elderly and just have other problems, would you not say probably the majority of people that you're seeing in a clinic that's sport related that are these weekend warriors are just like overtraining injuries? Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Yeah. And they're, they're ones that aren't conditioning their body. You know, there, there are people that are going from sitting in a sedentary position eight hours a day to all of a sudden thinking they can swing a hundred miles per hour and, and think it's going to be okay. Yep. Yeah. You might be, you might feel good for a while, but all of a sudden it's, it might catch up on you. Mm -hmm. and yeah. It's great that people are getting up and wanting to do this stuff, but you have to do it safely. And just mm -hmm. some of the stuff doesn't have instructions. Like you're not, these people that do these overtraining injuries, they, they have good goals, but they don't know how to correctly get there. So like I was saying last week, the speed stick that it wasn't a speed stick. So I'm not going to throw them under the bus, but mm -hmm. it was like a skills. Um, it was a weighted just club and sure. it doesn't have any directions on it. It just, all it has on it is what it is. And then it says in like a little box speed. It's like what, mm -hmm. if you're an untrained person who you want to increase your speed, what are you to think if it just says speed, you're like, all right, well, I'm just going to swing this as fast as I can. Right. And I'm going to develop speed because that's what it says on the box. And if you've got one of those high tech trackmans or, or anything, you know, like the one that you're using, you're going to see that your speed increases and you're going to be like, oh shit, it's working. Mm -hmm. um, you might get five or 10 miles an hour on your drive. That's awesome. But again, it, it's supposed to be done correctly. And if it doesn't come with instructions or if you don't look it up, then, then it's not going to it's going to be a detriment to you. And again, I, I don't want to spend this whole show bashing speed training or the speed sticker or any of those out there on the market. Um, there are ways that you can do it appropriately. And when you do it appropriately, it can be effective. Um, you know, it's a good way to start your warm up or, or end your warm up before you're going to go out and, and play around. You can get increased ranges on your, on your drive, but, um, you know, do it the right way. Uh, mm -hmm. And don't think like, this is all I need to do to, to improve my game. Yeah. Like speed, like speed training is a, is so popular right now, not because it doesn't work and it just hurts everybody. Like we might be kind of sounding right now, but it mm. works. Like it works when it's implemented correctly. I use it every time I warm up. If my swing feels a little off and I'm not getting my like good mobility in my backswing, I'll just pull it out in the middle of a round, just do a couple of swings with it and like immediately feel like I'm getting further back on my backswing. So it, it totally helps when you're using it correctly. Um, so getting back to like building up a program, like we said, you need a base of speed, not speed, you need a base of strength, <laughs> and then definitely mobility 
to allow your body to correctly build this up. And when we talk about strength, doing like a week or two of strength training and mobility training is not going to get you to the point where, okay, now I can do all speed training. You're never really going to get to a point where you can just do all speed training. It always needs to be kind of intermixed. You need mm-hmm. to cross train essentially. And right. when you're doing training like that, you're not going to see true strength gains for at least a month. Cause I think that what that whole first month is more so kind of neural changes. So you're not right. actually building strength. It's more so just getting your body used to that. Um, yeah. And, and according to research, you know, swinging a two pound speed stick, or I keep using the term speed stick, but it's, it's any of those speed training um, tools swinging though. One of those cannot physiologically increase your strength. So please don't, uh, you know, um, confuse the speed training with strength training. They're not one in the same. You're just simply using it as a primer for your neurological synapses. So Every time you swing in the, one of those, you're not improving your strength. You're just improving how well your body is recruiting those muscles. So don't think that you're improving your strength or power or anything. Yeah. And so understanding what you need to be doing now, getting into how feasible and good times it is to like work on this kind of stuff. So you think about it, like we talked about with Bryson. So Bryson like I said, doesn't have like any like family commitments, no wife, no kids, nothing like that. He's a pro golfer. And during quarantine, he had nothing else to do. I don't even know if he could have golfed if he wanted to. So mm-hmm. he had all the time in the world to do this. Now you think about, so let's use me for an example. I work every single day, not as a golfer. And <laughs> Damn. That'd, be, that'd be sick. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So work every day, five days a week. Um, I workout probably once a week i'll do like a strength workout another day i'll do a mobility workout and then two or three other days i'm golfing during the week so to develop a program like this you need to actually have the time and commitment to do it so people hearing this right now we're starting the golf season is this probably the best time to implement speed training and add this to your game I would probably say not. Yeah. No, unless you're going to use it for the reason of using it as part of your warm up. Otherwise, no, you shouldn't be using this now when you're about to be golfing, like you said, three times a week. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I'm trying to just myself. And it's hard if I'm golfing that much to get in a, just a strength routine to get in a mobility day and to get in like a power day. And that, Mm -hmm doesn't even include any speed training with it. So just those three days, which you need as part of your program, plus the golfing already kind of puts me out of developing true speed. So mm-hmm. it's not really feasible to do during the golf season, unless you want to put aside golf. And then what would be, be the point of that? <laughs> right. Right. This is the time for you to start getting your regular swings in. So use the off season. It's a long off season for a lot of people like us in, in PA, um, but it's a long off season. Do it then. Um, and focus on some of the other more mobility, keeping your body in shape right now, um, rather than doing some of the speed training stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been pretty much developing a program to, to bring all of those, um, elements together. And it's going mm-hmm. to be an off season program for me. And it's going to be aimed at an off season program for everybody else, because like I said, you can't really do 
all of this stuff that you need to during the golf season. Um, you can certainly do a maintenance program, Yep. but, um, let, you know, it sounds like you're doing it once a week. So, so I'm sure you're managing it safely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, doing some sort of strength training every single day right now is not ideal. Yep. Do that in the off season. Yeah. I'm pretty much like, I'm typically a big time strength, strength guy. That's how I mm-hmm. got to where I am right now and have no backswing. So I really am just in a maintenance phase right now. And I'm, I'm totally cool with that. If you're out there and you feel like, Oh no, I got to like do a program and do all this stuff to play golf. Like, no, just be happy playing golf right now. I don't even care that I'm not getting in five days a week working out. I'm happy that I'm golfing like two or three times a week. Yeah. I mean, you, you burn a ton of calories when you're golfing. So uh, don't worry too much about it right now. That's what the winter's for bulking season. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So anything else that that you think we missed on how we can really help people do this safely, achieve their goals, ensure they don't mess themselves up essentially. I think we covered that part of it pretty, pretty thoroughly. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I read a lot, you know, I use Twitter a lot for my research and following a lot of the golf people uh, on there to get, to to get more information. The one thing I often see is that if you're going to be teaching an adolescent or, or a junior golfer, you want that junior golfer actually to develop that speed at a young age. You want that kid swinging as hard as they can so they can actually start to teach their body how to develop speed. You know, they're going to talk, they're, they're going to learn just kind of innately how to get that sequence down in terms of using your legs and then your pelvis and then your back and then your shoulders and then your arms to develop speed. So if you're going to be working with any sort of junior, develop speed now get them to, to straighten out their, their drive or, or their iron shots afterwards. So teach them how to use their body and develop speed at a young age, and then later refine their swing to straighten out everything. That's what you want to, 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 um, teach a young golfer is that's the time to really, to develop speed. You know, some of us older people, we've missed that point. You know, we can certainly focus and work on it, but, as a young person, you're still developing all of your, your brain cells and your neurological system. That's the time to really learn that. So if you have a youth golfer focus on it at a young age. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like back to Bryson as an example, like talking about setting that CNS at a certain level, if you're teaching them at a certain, at a young age to already have this relatively high floor of speed, um, then you don't really have to worry about it as much as you're kind of developing your golf game. It's already there as a base and you could just really improve from there. Right. If you think that the speed training and Bryson is just a fad, you know, we won't have to focus on this once he's hurt himself in five or 10 years. That's what some of the haters are going to say, you know, you're in for a, a rude awakening. There's going to be a youthful movement coming up of everybody that's been focusing on the speed training, people that have been focusing on all the analytics and, and um, you know, the, the spin speed off of the ball and everything they're coming up and they've been taught all of this. So this is not going anywhere. You know, some of the old timers have to accept that this is part of the game now and start to understand that, that this is the way the language is going to change. So um, this is not going anywhere. Yeah. And I talked about this in the first ever episode of this podcast that people thought Gary player was some kind of psycho because he was, he wasn't doing anything crazy. He was lifting weights. He was just like benching, mm-hmm. squatting, deadlifting, just normal lifts, like the basic lifts. And they thought he was a psycho. 
and he wouldn't make it past like 20 something as a golfer. Mm-hmm. So that it just shows like the game progresses and you can either lose yourself with it and like just crash in the waves and you just get lost to sea or you can kind of ride the ride wave. The and, uh, mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You like mm-hmm. that little metaphor there? I was, I was almost getting lost there, but I mean, <laughs> I know I could feel it, but you brought it back. That was good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I somehow made it back, but um, yeah. Back to Bryson one more time. Um, people think he's going to get hurt. My perspective on this is if he's doing this correctly, like we've talked about this entire episode, besides age coming into it, I feel that there's no reason unless he starts getting real crazy with it and doing stuff that's unsafe. I don't see any reason that he's at a significantly higher increased risk of injury. Yeah. What do you think? He might, he might hurt himself. Mm -hmm. That's normal. He's an athlete. So he, I haven't heard of any issues that he's had this thus far. Um, You're, you're more in tune with PGA tour than I am, but I haven't heard anything crazy yet. He will get hurt at some point. The media is going to go crazy and say he shouldn't have been doing all this stuff, but you can look at any golfer. They're going to get hurt at some point. So I think he's conditioned himself and done it the right way. So you won't see him have hopefully the, the, you know, the big fall that tiger had. And again, we'll probably talk about tiger a different day. Absolutely. Um, I think I don't think you're going to see that that from him. I hopefully. Yeah, I agree. I think he's doing all this stuff what seems like the right way. Honestly, I think if anything, he might be at a slightly decreased risk of injury just because he has all these components essentially unlock. Like he has the mobility, he has the strength, he has the power and the speed, and he's working on it every single day. Not all the golfers are doing that. Some of the golfers are kind of blasting them for doing it. Like I know Matthew Fitzpatrick did, now he's going by Matt Fitzpatrick. Um, he did a while ago. He's like, I don't need to do that basically, but he's come around recently. He's like, Oh, well, I kind of talked to him recently. I'm not really, I didn't really mean that as much. Um, we talked and kind of hashed it out and I tried to implement some of that into my game. So yeah, people go ahead. I don't know how you can look at a guy who's bettering his body and say that he's going to be at increased risk of risk of injury. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's pushing the boundaries on speed and power and everything, but that doesn't mean he's going to hurt himself. Yeah. You know, he, and that's, he's, like he's the whole, his body. that's like the whole narrative that he's going to get hurt at some point. And I just keep asking why, like, why is he going to get hurt? So mm-hmm. yeah, that's about it. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about Bryson more in like a full episode later. Well, that's, that's speed training. Um, really discussing that you need more than just speed training. You need a cross training kind of platform to be able to do that. You can't just work on speed. You need the strength, the stability, mobility, all that stuff in order to correctly and safely implement speed training. This doesn't just happen overnight. You need to be able to do it and commit to it over months, preferably like we talked about, probably the off season doing it during in the middle or the beginning of the golf season probably isn't the best time to do it. Um, so you can absolutely work speed training into your game. Just make sure you're doing it correctly, have a good program to do it, to do it and doing it at the right time. Yeah. I, I think you nailed it with that. Um, you know, we don't, we don't need to beat a dead horse with this, um, with anything, make sure your, your whole body's ready for it. So, yeah. um, 
next week we'll or two weeks from now since you're in florida we'll be talking about low back pain this is likely going to be part one of a two series show just because like we said low back pain is so prevalent in the golfers and non-golfer population we'll be specifically talking about the golfers but some of this can carry over to some of the non-golfers as well yeah i know jeff loves back pain so you're gonna be hearing a lot of jeff (laughs) well you know to be honest one third of our caseload in my clinic is low back pain. So you get pretty good at, at, at treating it. You get pretty experienced with hearing different stories about it. So, and unfortunately there's a lot of misconceptions, a lot of outdated myths about it. So uh, two weeks from now is going to be a really interesting topic for golfers and non-golfers alike. For sure. Uh, so that's it for the show. Thank you for joining us as always. Make sure you subscribe to the show, to the podcast, to all the socials. I didn't even do that in the beginning. So no, you missed it. I know I did. Um, so now listen up. So look at my socials, Facebook, YouTube, DM golf, Twitter at doc Marags, IG and TikTok at doc Marags golf. I also am implementing into my videos. I got shot tracer on my videos now, so that's going to be coming around. I'm sure I'm going to be making quite a bit of content down in Florida. So Jeff, where are you at on Twitter, bud? Uh, at Jeff Kurtz, DPT, looking forward to hearing about your trip to Florida. Oh yeah. Um, you know, how, how you golfed and everything. So I'm sure you'll have some more content following that. I hope I play well. Everybody pray for me. And that's about it. Peace guys. Ignition right, sequence start. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. Liftoff.